Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm back with another interview this week, and I am really excited about this conversation. I hope you guys get a lot out of it. As usual, when you listen to this, please let me know what you think about these interviews. It is a little bit different than what we've done on the podcast in the, in the past, but I think it's really helpful. So tell me what you think about it. I want your feedback. Um, but without further ado, my guests and I have just recently met, so I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Please tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do. Thank you, Sarah. So my name is Shannon Dentis, and I have been a school psychologist serving in the public schools for the past 17 years. And so I have experience working with students of all ages, pre-K through 12. And then recently, I became a master certified health coach through the Dr. Sears Wellness Institute and started my own business called E&E Health Coaching. And my primary work there is helping adults um, who are busy with their careers find ways to move more, to reduce stress, um, to eat healthier so that they can live the lives they want to live outside of work and have enough energy to do so. So thank you. I'm very excited to be here as well. One of the things that interests me so much about talking with you is your experience as a school psychologist. So can you tell me a little bit about, in your experience, what you feel the biggest challenges are that are facing girls or like the biggest threats to their well-being? Yeah, that's a really big question. There's a lot of things um, that when we grew up, I mean, I guess when I'm talking, we, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. And the things that I struggled with were a lot of things I think people still struggle with, girls growing up still struggle with, such as relationships, you know, having friends and having fights within friendships, school pressures, fitting in physical changes in the body as you go through puberty and that kind of thing. I think there's just a different dynamic with all of that, especially with social media and how that impacts relationships. It's just easier for people to hide behind their screens and say some pretty nasty things to one another. Um, And I think one of the other things that's related to that, that we have seen an increase in recent years, especially the past two years with COVID, I would say, is increased anxiety. And the studies show that this happens more with females than males. Um, So yeah, it's especially troublesome for our female youth. Yeah, absolutely. We did a whole episode on this podcast. um, Gosh, at this point, it was probably a year ago. That was about how pandemics and epidemics disproportionately affect girls and women. So I absolutely, um, I'm so on the same page with you. We definitely know that, um, yeah, this is really affecting us and it's really affecting our girls. So with all that being said, what do you wish in your experience, what do you wish more adults who work with girls knew about what things are like for girls today? I think that we don't always see what's below the surface, what girls come to us with, um, what they have, what weights they're carrying with them. It's hard to know what's going on below the surface. Oftentimes we only really see the tip of the iceberg and oftentimes they won't tell us what's going on verbally. Kids will oftentimes talk to us through their behavior. So whether that's avoiding something or um, 
acting out in a certain way. That's how they communicate a lot of times. Um, and so I think because we don't know what's going on with people, and this is the same way with adults too, we really need to remember that everyone's going through something at some point. We might not know what it is, but just to treat others with kindness and um, patience because we don't really know what baggage they're carrying with them. So I just think that's a really important tip to always keep in mind when we're working with kids, when we're working with adults, adults with anyone. Yeah, I'm, I totally agree. Um, and it's a great reminder. So one of the things that I love the most about this opportunity to volunteer with girls like this is that we have this really good opportunity to be an adult who's there for them and who they can rely on and depend on and trust and talk to. And um, that's a double-edged sword because then, <laughs> especially as they get older, sometimes they come to us with some pretty hard topics and some pretty hard discussions. And I know for me personally, as a volunteer, there have been multiple times that I've wondered if I'm really equipped or prepared to handle those conversations with girls as well as they deserve, right? Like I just want to love them and I want them to feel loved. And so that's like my main priority, but I know how many conversations I and my friends had growing up with adults that ended up being damaging. And so um, I think, you know, we can so hurt kids accidentally <laughs> and things can be really sensitive sometimes. So how <laughs> do you have any tips? How, how do we, how do we handle those moments, those hard conversations? How do we talk to kids, especially as they get older? Sure. You're right. There definitely are some hard conversations I think the most important thing is to remember that oftentimes kids want someone to listen to them in a non-judgmental way and remembering that silence is okay. So they might stop talking for a while, but that can mean that they need time to process their thoughts and really, you know, think about what they want to say, or they just need some silence too. So being comfortable with that silence as an adult can be really helpful. And also, I think kids will ask for advice if they want it. So like I said, a lot of times they just want someone to listen to them. They want to be validated. So instead of, um, in my childhood, I also had people say, oh, this will pass. That's nothing compared to what, what I went through during this time. Those are things that can be really hurtful because then you're not making the, the child feel like they're being heard. Um, instead, you can say something validating to them, like, that must be really tough for you, or I'm sorry that you're going through this right now. Those are a couple of ideas of things that you can say. And then another idea for helping kids talk is doing an activity together. So you're not just sit, sitting and looking at each other face to face, but maybe shooting some baskets with them or taking a walk are two examples of activities that you could do that really makes it easier for them to talk with you. I love that, especially that last tip there. And I'm thinking about what you said earlier about girls, um, well, kids, but, you know, for the sake of this podcast, most of our um, experience is going to be working with girls, right? But you can see what they're, I forget exactly how you worded it, but um, that it's there, it shows up in their behavior. What they're going through shows up in their behavior. And um, I particularly like 
those activity suggestions like playing basketball or taking a walk together. But what other, do you have other tips or suggestions when we can see the signs in the way a girl is behaving that there's more going on? How can we help that girl in that moment rather than just getting annoyed and frustrated? Mm -hmm. Sure. So it depends on what you're seeing signs of. Um, If we go back to my point that anxiety has increased tremendously in the past couple of years, I know that's a lot of what I see working with kids. Um, So a couple of things that can really help with that are keeping things routine. And if there are changes coming up in a routine or a schedule, really previewing that for the girls so that they know that there are going to be changes so they can mentally prepare. So that can be really helpful. There's a lot of different things that you can do with them. And really this benefits every girl. So even if you wanted to do it as a group, everyone at some point in their life is going to experience some stress and anxiety. So these are important skills for anyone to know. So you can practice deep breathing exercises or progressive muscle relaxation. And what progressive muscle relaxation is, if you haven't heard of it, is it's basically tensing up various muscle groups in your body and holding it and then releasing it. And even if you go and you search on YouTube for progressive muscle relaxation for kids, there's a lot of videos that come up that you can just push play and they'll walk you through it. Um, Or there's various scripts that are available too. So that's a really nice resource. Um, Another activity that I've used with girls or kids of all age levels is a four, a five, four, three, two, one activity. And this is essentially a mindfulness exercise because it can help you pause in the moment and stop thinking about what it is that's making you anxious or troubling you. And you can be in the moment. So what it is, is you look around the room that you're in and you say, or write down five things you can see four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And I've had a lot of kids that really enjoy this. Again, it's a kind of an easier mindfulness exercise to help them be in the moment. Yeah, that sounds so good. And I I love that um, there's mindfulness, but also kind of a physical element to that. That's something that we talk about on this podcast a lot, especially with younger girls, um, but really all ages that sometimes, especially after spending a whole day or a whole week at school, um, when girls get to a troop meeting, sometimes the things that we want to do that are kind of um, more organized or structured or or sitting down Um we get frustrated because the girls are so pent up. And so um, they, they act out in certain ways or they can't sit still or they can't stay focused or they're more interested in talking and laughing with their friends. And so letting them have that physical aspect to it is, is something that we talk about on here a lot. Mm -hmm. So of course I want to talk about um, your expertise when it comes to, um, food and exercise and and everything like that. But but real quick before we get into that, when it comes to anxiety and feeling stressed and and modeling a positive response to stress, 
I'm wondering if you would be willing to touch on how much we let girls into what we're feeling in in different moments, because I've heard such divisive advice as I've gotten older about how I interact with my own kids or um, how I handle things or whatever, about how much you tell them about what you're going through or what you're experiencing and how you're coping with it. So do you have any insight on like how much is too much or is it better to share? (laughs) Sure. Um, You know, it can, it can vary depending on what situation you're in. Obviously you might choose to share a little bit more with your own kids or not versus a troop of girls. But I think when it comes to modeling and anxiety, I think one safe thing to do, no matter where you are in working with girls, uh, one of the things that can be really beneficial is modeling how you're feeling in the moment if you're feeling anxiety or stress. And you can simply say, oh, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I just need to take a few moments. And then maybe you could go through one of those exercises that I talked about, maybe the five, four, three, two, one activity and kind of model that and say, oh, I'm so glad that we took that time together. I feel so much better. We can move on. And I think that's a really good way to model that it's not only kids that are going through anxiety and struggles. We as adults go through that too. And then you're modeling that, oh, okay, they also need breaks. They also need to take care of themselves. And I think that's super powerful. See, I like that so much because I think in my head, um, that creates an environment where we can tell each other those things. Like, like if I model that, that I can say, hey, I this is a lot and I need um, I need this for my anxiety or I need this for my overwhelm or I, you know, whatever words you're, you're using in the moment. But um, to be able to say that, I feel like then creates an environment where girls might be more comfortable speaking up to say that, like, hey, this is what I need. Um, so to me, that that makes sense. And I'm really happy to hear that. Um, so one of the big things in the program that is a little bit tough, and this is really the meat and potatoes of your expertise here, it comes down to like getting good physical activity, understanding nutrition, understanding how our body works and how it functions and health. And there's such a, a tough, this is such a tough topic and such a tough conversation because really as adults, <laughs> so many of us don't have healthy relationships with our bodies, healthy relationships with our body image, healthy relationships with food. And so, um, yeah, can you help us with with some some suggestions and some tips for how we do kind of these sorts of programs with our girls to talk about food, to talk about health. And also how do we, how can we be a healthy role model in all aspects of health and well-being if we're still working on these things ourselves? <laughs> sure. Yes, I can definitely talk about that. So I think as far as modeling goes, kids are watching what we do all the time. So if we're constantly complaining about our weight or, um, you know, making comments about that, they're picking up on that and internalizing that. So we have to be really careful with how we approach it. And I think one of the ways to do that is really just to focus on our health. And really, it's all about health. And, you know, healthy people can come in all different sizes and Um, But focusing on the basics, like the quality of our food, 
you know, whole food versus processed food and how that nourishes our body so that we are able to do the activities we want to do. So that we're able to participate in sports, have enough energy to um, travel or to do whatever it is that we enjoy during our free time. And one thing that the training institute that I went to um, for my training, Dr. Sears Wellness Institute talks about is that food is medicine and exercise opens up those medicine bottles so that our body can use that medicine. So that's a really good way to think about it that, you know, we're eating food for the nutrition value, but then exercise is what helps our bodies to utilize that medicine or those nutrients. So I think that's a really powerful visual to have. And so what I would encourage, would encourage you to do is to picture how, when you're eating food, how it impacts your individual cells. And that when you're eating nutritious whole foods, you're really doing something good for your entire body, including your brain. And when we look at it like this and talk about it like that with our kids, then they realize that, okay, yeah, food is fuel and it really helps me to be healthy. Um, so my brain's healthy. I can learn in school. My body's healthy so that I can move and do what I want to do in my life. I love what you were saying about food so much and what you have shared about anxiety and about um, having conversations with girls and opening those doors. And I think like this is honestly one of the trickiest, trickiest parts to me of um working with girls as they get older, because no matter how many positive messages I try to send, which is also not a finely tuned practice, right? Like I'm doing the mm -hmm. best I can, but even if I was doing it perfectly, all of the messages that they get from the world are so varied that like, that's still going to show up at the meeting. But anyways, I digress. Mm -hmm. I personally, I know that Girl Scouts and, um, and, and I personally feel very strongly about when we're talking about food and nutrition, we're approaching it from a way like our wonderful guest is talking about it um, today and not from a place of what is a healthy weight or what your body should or shouldn't look like. Like that is is definitely not a thing that we want to we want to bring into Girl Scouts. It's just tough because sometimes it comes into Girl Scouts anyways. Um, but I digress. So let's talk about can you share a little bit about like activity and movement and exercise and what that might look like when we're working with girls and modeling good behavior? Yeah. So I think it's very similar to the whole thing with food that we want to be careful that we're modeling it in a certain way that, you know, we're never saying, oh, I need to go run five miles now to burn off these two pieces of pizza. So exercise should not be a punishment for our body in any certain way. We are meant to move, we are meant to exercise, and it should be a celebration of what our body can do. And I think there's a lot of fun ways that you can get movement in and you can enjoy it, you know, whether it's with your family or with your troop or another group of um, girls or kids, you can make it fun and still get that movement in that will help, help you in a healthy way. It will help you get that exercise in that your body needs. Um, some of the ideas I have are creating a scavenger hunt where you can take a selfie in front of various landmarks. So you could go for a walk and have a list of things and see who the first person can be that can um, have their picture taken in front of a water fountain or in front of um, 
maybe there's some kind of other landmark that you could think of, but you can have a lot of fun with it and you're still getting some movement and some walking in, but it's a game. Um, you know, we also think about, I know where I'm at. Um, I live in Wisconsin and there will be snow coming our way. And I think about things like sledding and how, you know, that's actually exercise because you're walking up a steep hill in however much snow you have, and it's a pretty good leg workout. So, um, or, you know, hiking, snowshoeing, whatever it is that you enjoy, those are all ways that you can, um, move around and then just making sure that you're getting in movement throughout your day. So it doesn't have to be like a formal exercise class, just making sure that you're, you're getting steps in throughout the day, or maybe you create a new habit where, you know, every time you get up to use the restroom, you, um, take a couple of laps around the office or, um, do some squats or something like that, just so you're moving throughout the day, because really it's all about your health. And when you're getting in movement, you're really helping keeping your blood glucose levels at in a decent range. You're helping with your energy and just, I mean, the list goes on and on with that, but it's just, it's a really good idea to get movement throughout the day and to model that for our students or, or for our girls. Yeah, I love I love that. I um <laughs> I was just reflecting as you were talking about <laughs> times that I've done some of those activities that you mentioned. Um the the scavenger hunt, the photo scavenger hunt with taking pictures and uh, kind of around a certain area or around town or whatever. That is such a fun activity to do and I actually never did do that with my troop, but <laughs> I used to do that in college. I was in a sorority and so it's it's been a minute, but that was, um, a really fun activity. And, uh, today girls today have phones so early that having cameras on hand is really usable. Now, of course you would need to make sure that, um, you know, they were either within sight or there were adults with them, of course, but, Mm -hmm. and sledding, man, that is so funny when you started talking about the leg workout, because I live in Arizona now, we, uh, I live in Phoenix. We do not get snow and, um, we definitely don't have sledding. I have, um, traveled to different parts of the state in order to go sledding, but, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, definitely went sledding as a kid and man, you aren't kidding. First of all, dragging that sled out in your snow clothes out to the best hill that in itself, I remember being a heck of an activity and you're right. Like the whole premise of the activity is you're sliding down and then climbing, trudging right back up that hill. (laughs) So yeah, man, that is, uh, that's something I love that. Okay. Um, so I guess I feel like this has just been really, really helpful already. And I I just wanted to see if you have any other kind of activities or suggestions or tips or strategies when it comes to working with girls and health um, that we didn't necessarily get to. Well, I think I gave a broad overview. And yeah, I really hope that it was helpful for anyone listening. I think Anytime we can also model positive affirmations like I am strong or I am capable of trying new things, um, modeling those own 
saying those affirmations out loud and just modeling them for our girls can be really helpful instead of focusing on things like we talked about, like weight or um, even a certain way that girls look like, instead of complimenting them, like you look so pretty, you know, you look so strong, um, complimenting them on their talents or um, other attributes can be really helpful rather than focusing on their physical appearance. Yeah, that's so good. I think um, when you start practicing that, sometimes it can be um, kind of natural and almost like a fun game to find other things to compliment about girls other than like cute outfit or which I mean, sometimes you might mean, which is fine, too. Like they pro- especially if they picked it out themselves and they're, they're getting older, they're developing their own sense of style. Um, but I mean, even little girls have their own sense of style sometimes. And so, t- you know, recognizing that is totally acceptable, of course, but like yeah. finding other ways to compliment them like wow you run really fast and like it can get kind of fun to come up with with positive things like that to say to girls as you're interacting with them that don't have anything to do with their physical appearance I think what's funny about that is it can be harder to turn that on ourselves like um making a point of saying those things about ourselves out loud so that they hear it and also not doing the opposite because we do all have those patterns that we fall into of like oh I'm not good at that oh I I'm not gonna try that oh man I I totally stink at this or something like it's so easy for us to just put ourselves down in the moment without even thinking about it and that I find to be like we can be so mindful about how we interact with other people, but how we interact with ourselves is like a whole other game. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I also think that, I don't know if any of you have heard of the power of yet, but it's saying, for example, if someone says, I am not good at math. Well, turning that around and reframing it to be, I need more practice and I'm growing and um I'm learning math and I'm going to get better at it. So it's not that you're an expert on something right now or you're, you're, you know, the best at it, but we can grow and we can learn and we can become better. And so just remembering that for anything, like you might not be the fastest runner, but you can practice and become better. You might not be the best at math, but you practice it and you grow and you learn from it. So I think that's another way to look at it as well. Yeah. Thank you for that. So before we sign off today, tell us about you. Um, what do you have going on that you're really excited about? What's coming up for you? How can we follow you? Where can we find you? All of that good stuff. Sure. Well, I can share my links with you, Sarah. Um, I am on a lot of the different platforms. So I am on Facebook and LinkedIn are the primary ones. I'm also starting with Instagram. I'm pretty new there and just kind of learning that platform yet. But so there's various places you can find me. Again, my work with the business is more focused on adults and I'm very excited. I have a program starting in early January that will be a group for a small number of adults so that I can really focus on providing them intensive support, but it will be helping them to um, accomplish their goals, whatever their New Year's resolutions are. So it'll be um, 12 sessions over three months, and then there'll be a couple of individual support sessions in there as well. So it's a really good opportunity for people to learn how to make behavioral changes in their lives so that they can actually 
put their healthy lifestyle goals into action and um, finally get to where they want to be with their health. I love that. I really appreciate it. So yeah, we're going to put links in the show notes or in the description of the episode. So you can definitely find that on whatever app you're listening. You can definitely find links there to go ahead and follow um, and to get more information. If that program sounds like that, it might be good for you, then you know, check it out. But um, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. And um, and yeah, thanks for sharing a little little piece of your expertise with us today. Thank you, Sarah. I had a lot of fun. I appreciate it.